Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, everybody, I hope you're doing really well today. This is Andrea, and I'm so excited to be coming to you from Geyer Springs First Baptist Church. I have a very special guest with me today, Kathy Litton from North American Mission Board. So, Kathy, welcome to Inspire on the Go. Andrea, it's so good to be here. So, you have some Arkansas roots. I do. I lived in Northwest Arkansas for four years and loved every minute of it, and the people embraced me so much, and it's just a great place. Great okay, place. I love to go to Northwest Arkansas for a couple of reasons. It's a beautiful <laughs> place. I have family there but the shopping and the restaurants are always kind yes. of on the top of the list. Yes. No, it's a great place to live. But you know what? My family has roots in Northeast Arkansas as well. Okay. So my mom was born in Arkansas. And uh, so, yeah, I have a great affection for the state and the people in it. Well, we love having you in Arkansas. And we want you to know that this is like a second home for you. No, it is. It totally is. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about you, your background, your story, and how you ended up at North American Mission Board. Okay. Uh, I was raised in Missouri, and uh, I got married when I was 19 because Rick Ferguson and I were mature and ready, and he <laughs> was going to go into ministry and surrender to ministry very young. And so he pastored, uh, went to seminary, and uh, we served churches in Texas and Missouri, and then we moved to Colorado in 1991. And so we went out there to a very vastly lost city, a very secular city, and it was the greatest experience of our ride, life, Andrea. It was a great ride. It was um, just what God had ordered for our lives, and we learned a lot. And God moved in powerful ways in our church, and Rick began planting churches out of our church in 1994, which there wasn't much activity with church planting at yeah. that time. And that God expanded the mission of our hearts and of the local church there. Uh, tragedy came in our family mm -hmm. in 2002 when we were coming back to Missouri for a family vacation. We had a terrible car accident and Rick was killed. Mm -hmm. And it was obviously the darkest day in our family's life. Yeah. And uh, my kids were 17 and 18 and, and 22 and Rick and I were both 45 wow. years old. So God walked me through, Andrea, a lot of pain and yeah. grief and doubts and yeah. working through all that came easily to believe about God at one point. Uh, it was just some new territory for yeah. me. So looking back on that time, you know, I think when we speak into grief, a lot of times it's fuzzy for us in that time. Looking back, what do you know that God was speaking to you and teaching you and, and showing himself faithful to you in that moment? Well, that he hadn't lost control of mm -hmm. our lives. Yeah. Uh, we weren't going off the rail and that he was constantly, constantly affirming to me his goodness and his love, which I doubted yeah. both. Yeah. And that God was just as involved on that highway in Kansas than he'd been in every other moment mm. of my life. And that this was the day that, as painful as it was, this was the day that my husband would go yeah. to heaven. And, yeah. uh, and so the hope that he gave in that moment for me and uh, from our family, and hope became a real thing. Yeah. Hope is kind of seeing something you don't, believing something you don't yet see. And yeah. so... I had to have hope for a lot of things. Hope yeah. that I would not grieve forever. Hope yeah. that um, joy would come back to my heart. And so it was a powerful time of spiritual growth, wow. even though it was that gritty, painful, yeah. kind of hard work of yeah. spiritual growth work. And there's such freedom in that to know that our circumstances do not have to control us, mm -hmm. you know, but yet we live in the midst of our circumstances mm -hmm. and to have hope, you know, to know who God is and to see his faithfulness and to have 
that belief that a day is coming when we will experience the goodness mm-hmm. of the Lord, even though you were experiencing it very much in that moment, but to really fully know that God was walking with you. So I, I just know for someone that's listening today, that's such an encouragement to keep on keeping on mm-hmm. and to just put our trust in the Lord. And you know what? For anyone grieving, grief takes time and there's a there's work, real work that happens that's good that you can't wave a magic wand over. And I think sometimes we want to push people through grief too fast and too swiftly and expect too much of them. And yet I would say God just worked in my life for a good two and a half, three years to, and that was the end of my grief. But those two, three, two and a half, three years were really powerful. And then during that time, did you land in Arkansas? I did. I moved to Arkansas in 2005 and began working at a church in Northwest Arkansas. And it was, I came here kind of limping and very fragile, but uh, not only did God meet me in a great way, but a whole throng of people loved me and became a true community. I'm, I'm single. I'm doing life alone. My life looks really strange and unfamiliar, but... A lot of healing took place in Rogers, Arkansas for Mm -hmm. me, and I'll never, ever forget it. So did you serve as a women's minister at that time? Yes. What was your role there? At at Cross Church in in Rogers. Yeah. So that's That's where I was. That's so good. And I know so many people today who are listening, they serve in ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, to know that God can even use us in those difficult times, you know, that time when you feel like you're limping, but yet God is sustaining you. That's, That's so encouraging, too. Yeah. Good, good. Well, we're so glad that you came to Arkansas and that you are back in Arkansas with us. Well, let me say more of my story. I yes. remarried while I was oh, in Arkansas. okay. And so I remarried another pastor, which some people are like, you married a pastor again? I said, yes, I did. And he lost his wife in a car accident. Okay. So we married at Chapel on the Creeks in Northwest Arkansas in August 2009. And so I moved to Mobile, Alabama, where Ed Litton is the pastor yes. of Redemption Church. And yes. so he's been there this past summer. He's been there 25 years. And uh, so God put me back in this role that I really didn't see coming. But it was during this time frame that okay. um, Dr. Kevin Azell reached out to me and asked me to come on the staff at North American Mission Board. Mm-hmm. And you serve as the director of Church Planters Wives. I do now, but I began in a different role for okay. ministry wives. But it was a little bit difficult of a challenge to do that nationwide with a very small team. And that wasn't the primary focus of NAM. And so I asked for a change uh, in my role to work direct, directly and singularly with yeah. Planters Wives. So I'm the director of Planter Spouse Development. Okay, so tell us why you're passionate about Planters Wives specifically. I think because of being in the West and seeing mm-hmm. the, the absolute need for churches in yeah. these teeming cities where there aren't gospel-preaching churches. Yeah. And that experience really changed me. And um, and my Rick and Kevin Izzo were friends during those years of our church planning work in Denver. And so that's kind of made the connection right there. That's a great reminder for us because we're in the Bible Belt where, like, literally there's a church on every corner. And, and to know that there are places in in the United States where that's just not the case. Yeah. And for us to be sensitive to that in our prayer support, in our you know mission support as we go when we partner with um, planters to take the gospel to these unreached people right here in the, right. in the United States. Right, right. So that's exciting that you are connecting with them, you're encouraging them, you're loving on them. I was on your Facebook page and I noticed that you put some descriptors there that I thought would be kind of fun for our uh, people to know about. Maybe you can speak to some of these descriptors, but you said redeemed woman, Mm -hmm. which we know, you know, living for the glory of God, wife. So you're married to Ed, 
mother, grandmother, sister, and pastor wife. So tell us a little bit about all those roles. Well, I mean, I definitely, even though I was saved as a child, the gospel has never been more vibrant in my life. The reality of what Christ did for me and the understanding of the depth of all that the gospel came to do to save me, to redeem me, to restore me, and the vibrancy of the gospel is just white hot in my heart, and so I'm so grateful for that. Uh, and so I love being uh, Ed and I are in a second marriage, and we're very grateful for this season in our life. And a second marriage takes a lot of work, but I'm telling you, the beauty that's come out of our lives together has amazed both of us, and the love that has grown over time is just—it's kind of like a second blessing. I've been—I've been married to two really good men, yeah. Andrea, and I don't think many women. There are a lot of women that aren't married to one good man. Even though Ed and I would rather have other stories and have a 45-year marriage, because that's how long Rick and I would be married if he was alive, but I see the beauty in what he's created with Ed and I together. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right, so let's talk a little bit about women in ministry. I want to tackle this topic with you because it's certainly a topic we hear about, uh, we see on Facebook and Twitter and social media, and we're experiencing it, you know, in our local churches. Uh, So give us an idea of what's happening on the national platform when it comes to ministry to women and how that's impacting our local churches. Well, I want to say this. I've been a longtime Southern Baptist. I'm 63 years old, and um, this has been a very important issue to me for a long time. And just to be frank, it was a couple years ago I told a friend that's about my age. I said, I don't think think things will change in regarding women and their use in the local church and the Great Commission causes as much as I thought they would within SBC Life. Mm. But you know what? A lot of things have happened since I said that. There's been a lot of hopeful traction that has come about in our denomination. And while the changes are small, they are not insignificant. And so I see women being engaged across a wide spectrum of creatives and administrators and uh, writers and teachers and communicators and organizers of movements that, that, you know, there's a lot of ways for a woman to be involved in the kingdom of God. And I see them more employed. Uh, I want to use the word engaged because yes, some, yes. there's jobs, but you don't have to just have a position to be doing this. Yeah. And so I think the value of women uh, roles, I see a change in the church. Is it as much as we'd like to yeah. see? It's a little slow, right. but it is happening. Right. I'm encouraged by it. I'm so glad you're encouraged. Uh, just this past week, I think I've received three phone calls from young women who are coming out of seminary. These women are trained right. and they're actually like, where can I send my resume? Yeah. You know, where can I'm, I'm ready to step into working within the context of the local church. And so it's exciting to see God raising these women up. And I just have been encouraging them as you are faithful and obedient, you just need to watch. God open doors. You know, I think that's my story more than anything else. I wouldn't imagine, you know, 20 years ago when I was in seminary that I would be sitting here today, mm-hmm. but God in his faithfulness, he is on the move, right. you know, and he is opening those doors. And so I'm so excited to see many of the changes that you're talking about. Let's talk about why this conversation is important. You know, why, why do we need to talk about women in ministry and the role of a woman in the local church? Well, I mean, I'm going to refer to a Jen Wilkin statement because this is also the thing that inspires me, Andrea, but it also answers this question. And she said this recently, and it's very, very profound that women have been 
essential and indispensable. Really, when you think about it, filling the cultural mandate to be fruitful and multiply, yes. that cannot be done without women. women. Yeah. And the same is true. Women are to be indispensable and essential in the Great Commission mandate that we will not reach this world for Christ without the full partnership of women. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to, I'm going back, you don't have to be employed but I see a growth in churches, Andrea, and a willingness of churches and pastors and leaders stepping back and saying, why can't we use a woman in this role yes. over here? I yeah. think my generation had some, some boundaries, some unspoken yeah. boundaries, and some of those boundaries are being rethought in a very healthy, healthy way. And we see women serving really in executive pastor roles. Yeah. They may not have that title. And I just want to say this. Titles aren't important. Yeah. Titles yeah. really aren't important to women. Yeah. Uh, titles can send some signals, and I understand the need to pay attention to them, but women have great corporate leadership. Yes. Living in North Arkansas, yes. being around a lot of corporate women, they have a lot to add to the local yeah. church to yeah. administrate and things like that. The willingness to see women in positions that 20 years ago, somehow they had drawn a boundary around. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I believe a, a woman should be... Uh, senior pastor should be a male. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind yeah. about that. But yeah. those other roles have, in my mind, some leeway that we ought to consider. So, Kathy, as you're sitting at the table, I know God has just elevated you and you're getting to speak direction into maybe even how women can be utilized in ministry uh, in local churches, but also on the national level. When you sit and you talk with guys, what how are you helping them to understand maybe some of the different ways that women can be um, plugged in and, and working uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yes, because now I do represent women. My role at NAM is to represent and advocate for women. So uh, my job requires me to advocate for their needs. And now not every woman is assigned to a women's context. Right. But in that process, Andrea, I'm presenting their needs. I, we're yes. talking about budget yes. dollars. We're talking about personnel. Yes. And yes. so I'm representing the needs of these these planner spouses and how they need to be strengthened. We, we provide coaching and care and training for them. And so I can't lose my voice for right. them. But the byproduct of that, they're becoming more aware of the value of this female that I'm representing yes. in the gospel yes. story alongside her yes. husband. And frankly, the men that are married to these women know that yes. often. Yes. And yet, it's sometimes when we're when we're advocating for people, we have to represent them. But I do think there's an unintended consequence yeah. if you're on a team that your perspective, and especially think about a local church, we're serving predominantly women in our churches. And I don't really care what the issue is. Uh, having congregational perspective is super important, and representing yes. a woman's framework yeah. and her needs. Like you know, I was a single. Mom, I, I I was widowed and understanding those unique things. We get to speak to that in a format. And we need to be gracious yes. and kind yes. yeah. Yeah. and um, humble yeah. when we're doing those kind of things. Because yes. if we have an attitude with a hint of uh, difficulty, and it's not yes. going to serve us well. That's right. That's right. And it it doesn't represent the Lord well no, either. It doesn't. And so that's that's the sanctification work that God does in and yeah. through us as we realize and remember the movement is the gospel. Right. You know, we're just always thinking how can we further the gospel? But at the same time, that movement brings movement into our life. So we have to step into those yeah. places of service and conversation. I have the chance here in Arkansas to represent women and I'm so humbled by that, so grateful for that. And a lot of times what I'll share is like 
women have a perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a they have a, a gifting. They have an ability to step in and see things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, just like the body of Christ, we're stronger when we're working together. Absolutely. And so thank you for the work that you're doing. One last question on this, because I really want to get into some applicable, you know, tangible takeaways. As women in local churches, what can we do to step into these conversations, into these, you know, moments, you know, in this generation with passion and purpose for the gospel, but at the same time, you know, really surrendered and saying, Lord, here am I, send me. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I'm going to kind of back into the last question and say, we should always stay winsome. Yes. And so yes. our heart and our tongue mm-hmm. mean a lot in whatever we're doing. Yes. Uh, but I also need to, to kind of remind us is that we always need to be servants. And yes. I think I'm around a lot of young women that ask me a lot of questions about the future. You probably have the same yes. thing. And on occasion, I sense some of them want to skip the service part and go straight to the leadership. And so I think we prove ourselves uh, by being part of the body and being a servant. And if we skip that step, we we really won't be ready to lead. Uh, But I think we're winsome. We're servants. um, we're, We're looking for moments where you can see that you can help a perspective with just some understanding and, and really understand that that um, they don't know what they don't know and, and not to be mad about that. Right. And right. we have the opportunity to make a big impact. Yeah. And I believe most churches are ready for that and yes. welcoming that. I'm so excited, so excited about that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about leadership. I know you're passionate about leadership, and that's something that we're really focusing on here is really helping to equip our leaders from a leadership standpoint. Mm -hmm. So what is maybe some of your favorite leadership advice that either you've received or that you like to give? Wow, that's a big question. (laughs) No pressure, right? Well, I think I've learned a lot from other leaders and uh, be willing to look into people and also the crossover from... um, corporate life and from secular life, reading books. I'm going to cite a book in the talk mm-hmm. I'm going to do in here in a few minutes. Of, And I think stay being a learner and expose yeah. yourself to other great female leaders that you really respect. Yes. And you know what? They can learn from some 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 bad examples I've set too. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, be, be humble and be willing to learn and... Um, also understand that at the heart of a leader is a servant. And in yeah. one of the great definitions of leadership is when I'm more concerned about others' growth than myself. Yeah. And I think keeping that perspective, a real leader is more concerned about the advancement and growth of other people than they are themselves. And so I think that's that's really a key. That's awesome. That's so, That's just, you know, it's a picture of the gospel. It's yeah. a picture of Jesus and his servant leadership as far as he came um, just to seek and to serve. And so and I, I, think I think there's that's a great. borderline tendency to look for this platform or this yeah. voice that we want to create. And I, I think we have to be careful. Yeah. We, we need to be careful. We That's where that spirit of humility comes yeah. back into place. Before we jumped onto the podcast, we were having a little chit chat beforehand. And something that we talked about then, I think, comes back into play right here, which is the power of our stories, mm-hmm. a surrendered story mm-hmm. and a, a story that realizes that there is a much bigger story and that our story ha- is housed in that, which is the story of the gospel. And so I, I just love how that ties into the servant aspect mm-hmm. because God in his faithfulness, he puts us in the right place at the right, right time with the right people for his right purposes. He is not struggling with that, right? right? He knows what he's doing. 
So for us to have that servant's heart and to just step in there and do it all unto the Lord right. and to trust him to have the outcome, you know, in hand. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my team at NAM right now. We, one thing I'm really enjoying this season of my life is an intergenerational multi-ethnic kind of perspective. The need for collaboration has never been more important because my story is just my story. I need a multitude of stories around me to get a fully orb look at the world because uh, this world is changing and the diversity out there, we need to represent it in what we do mm -hmm. and how we present and all those perspectives that we have. And so collaboration as a leader, yeah. uh, I'm turning to young women to uh, run ideas past them because I just don't know what I don't know yeah. about being a 29 year old <laughs> yeah. in America anymore. Yeah. You know, I've lost sight of that. It's been a while, right? Yeah. For both so, of us. <laughs> but I'm around tons of planners' wives that are first-generation Christians, Andrea. They don't even know a 60-year-old Christian yeah. woman. So the opposite is also true. Yeah. So the inter intergenerational aspect of this whole thing, and I know I'm an old person, I should be camping it, <laughs> but it seems a little self-serving. But it, in reality, yeah. I've got some women that I need to be in their life because I'm the only yeah. old person they know yeah. that's a believer. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And yeah. it's, again... The body of Christ, right? Loving each other, serving each other. Yeah. All right, Kathy. One question we like to talk about here on Inspire on the Go is what inspires you? Well, it's the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. I mean, I go back to Jim Welkin thing yeah. that um, God wants to use my little Missouri girl story mm -hmm. to advance the gospel across yeah. the globe, and yeah. that I'm also using Jim's words. Yeah. I'm essential and indispensable yeah. to that in the pathway that He's called me, and yeah. so. It's not about a platform. It's not yeah. about a church. It's not about an entity. It's bigger than that. Yes. It's really about yes. taking the gospel across the globe. And I will just confirm to you and affirm to you that God has done that and is doing that with your life. When I go to the other side of the world, it is not unusual for me to be asked, do you know Kathy Litton? And to, to see that gospel you know, thread that's just all over the world for his glory. That is inspiring. So we're so thankful for you. Well, we love having you in Arkansas. Please come back all the time. Well, I will have grandchildren up here. So, you know, you just know. get me back here. That's right. All right. And um, later today, you're going to be talking about how to be an emotionally healthy woman. And so just a quick preview for our listeners. We are going to try to record that and hopefully add that as a bonus show next week. And so that is the best reason why we want you to subscribe to Inspire on the go because we have all kinds of surprises and plans for you and so when you subscribe when you like when you share uh, this with your friends it just means that more people hear about Jesus more people hear the gospel and we are encouraged as we live life together so be sure and take a moment and do that and come back next week for more episodes of Inspire on the Go. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full, free, abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.